RadioInfluence.com. You've seen Chef Ryan Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Ryan Duffy on Radio Influence. Good morning, my friends. Welcome to Duffified Live. I have... uh, Fuck that up, Jerry. I don't know why I said hap, but I'm going to start over again. And three, two, one. Good morning, my friends. Welcome to Duffified Live on a Friday morning in June. It's a perfect Friday morning in June. And I am going to tell you that the reason why I sound like complete and utter shit is because there are way too many dirty individuals on a plane. That's why. It's that simple. Okay? Dirty individuals on planes. Uh, the coughing, uh, the, the, the touching, the breathing in some cases uh, infuriates me. When I sit next to somebody who coughs on me the entire time. Cover your mouth. Put your nose in something. I'm now going to look like a Chinese person. I don't hope that's not racist. I hope it's not racist. If I'm offending anybody, I'm sure you're going to tell me about it. But I hope I'm not offending anybody by saying that. I could say Asian. I could say Oriental. I could say lots of different things. But I'm going to choose to go with, I will say Chinese, Korean, or Japanese or North Korean, South Korean, Taiwanese, Vietnamese. I can go with any one of those locations to let you know that I'm wearing a mask from now on. If you see a stocky dude walking through the airport with a flat bill hat with awesome fucking shoes and a mask on, there's a 99.99% that it will be me. Because I'm sick and tired of getting sick. 30,000 miles in the last three months. <clears throat> yes, I'm coughing in your ear. But I'm in my own, I'm in my own controlled atmosphere, so I'm okay. So 30,000 miles in the last couple of months. And we are literally talking about Africa. And we're talking about the Middle East. And we're talking about throughout the United States. Between Chicago and San Diego and Tijuana and... Uh, South St. George, Utah and Vegas and Atlanta. And uh, I've been pretty much everywhere. Um, But I'm going to at being, uh, I've been pretty much everywhere. So uh, everything from appearances to work to all of the really fun stuff that I do for the military um, within the, uh, the Navy entertainment for my mess Lords guys um, uh, who we had an awesome trip. I'm actually going to do one whole episode that I'm just going to talk about some of the trips and some of the amazing people that I've met while I've been out on the road. Um, Because I've met some some badasses. I met a woman on a flight the other day who is a professional equestrian. She does three-day event stuff. And she was super cool to talk to. Her name was Jenny. And I'm looking forward to hopping on the phone with her in a while. We have... uh, a pretty cool woman coming on uh, next week. Her name is Nicole Kelly and she's a model, but there's something super special about this model other than her being like a very large beacon of hope and light for other people. Um, There's something pretty cool about her and we're going to talk about her next week. It's Nicole Kelly. You can find her on Instagram, but for this week, uh, hold on. I got a sniffle, man. Hold on. Hold on. 
mute me or something. Okay. We've got uh, some pretty cool stuff coming up over the next couple of months. I, I really hope you guys have enjoyed some of the guests that we've had on the last couple of weeks. I mean, last week talking to Kim Ring, you know, her own PR company, kind of explaining some of the best methods for social media for people that are trying to build their brand. I mean, that was, you know, she's given away trade secrets there. She's given away things that, that people pay her for. And she was more than willing to come on the show and have that conversation. And that stuff makes me super happy. You know, this week, um, we've got a great guest as well. Um, this is a guy who I've happened to, I, I happen to have known for many years and he's, he's a, a, a kind of a dynamic individual in, in what he does, but at the same time, he's like a regular dude, which is super cool. Um, uh, my buddy, Chris Brasilli owns a bar in, uh, in Haverford, Pennsylvania. It's called the rusty nail and it's been there for years. Chris has owned this bar for probably 20 three years, I guess it is. So Chris is, uh, is a great dude. He's got, it's a great little dive bar. Um, they used to do food. They started doing food again. At one point I gave him a fryer that he popped onto his countertop and he changed his menu. And I think that was the beginning of my consulting days. Um, I used to work for Chris on Sunday nights during Soprano Sundays. I would bartend down there. I was quite possibly the worst bartender that has ever worked in the bartending industry. Because if you asked for like a Jack and Coke, guess what? You got a Bud Bottle. Uh, it, it, we used to have fun. We used to play poker down there all the time. It was a riot. We, we, we had a great time at this bar. Awesome dive bar. And one of the coolest parts is we could walk to and from the bar so we could get completely and utterly shit-faced and then go home and not have to worry about a DUI. So those were the days, uh, those were the days, man. Those were definitely the days. So, uh, Chris is, uh, has got a bunch of really cool stuff coming on and, and he's going to be on in just a minute that we're going to hop into him and, and chat with him. But, um, for, for this week, I just kind of wanted you guys to know why I felt like shit. You know, it was those dirty fuckers on the plane that are ruining my chances of leading a healthy and happy life because despite my level of happiness, they're ruining the healthy part. Uh, so if you guys are on a plane, do me a favor, wash your hands. When you see me get onto a plane, I have a couple of routines. One, I wash my hands. I kind of wash the seat around me. Um, I never touch anything in the bathrooms. I'm the guy who will go in and I will touch the door on the way in. And then I will wash my hands when I get in there and then I will urinate. Uh, and then I will wash my hands again. And then it's full blown paper towels from that point forward to get back to my seat. I will have the paper towel in my hand to open the door and unlock the door. I will then close the door with said paper towel. There is a chance that I will use that paper towel to walk back to the, uh, my seat. Uh, hopefully I've received an upgrade. So I only have to go a couple of seats. Hey, look, fuck it. I, I fly 80,000 miles a year. I'm getting upgrades people. And I'm going to talk about it. I'm not bragging, I'm not bragging just talking about it. So I uh, am, and then I, when I first get on the plane, like I said, I will use antibacterial soap on my hands. I'll clean that shit off. And then I have uh, some Ayurvedic drops that go into my nose to block out any of you dirty fuckers breathing when I get onto that plane. And then I have a really cool little uh, peppermint oil that goes around my nose to get rid of the smell of said dirty fuckers that are around me. And then uh, chances are I will take a wipe out of my suitcase or out of my briefcase and I will wipe down the entire area around me. Um, please don't be offended. Uh, but sometimes you guys are dirty fuckers. 
And, and that's okay. And I understand that, especially when I'm flying out of Ethiopia and you get on the plane and you're finally able to sit down. Um, you have had shitty Wi-Fi in the airport, third world problems. I get it. Um, shitty Wi-Fi in the airport. And you're trying to talk to your daughter who is not doing something in school that she's supposed to get to. So you're trying to be a parent. You're halfway around the world. So you're slightly annoyed. And then you finally sit down and you're lucky enough to have nobody next to you, which is like my pure heaven. Not that I don't want people next to me. I just don't want dirty fuckers next to me. And I was lucky enough to not have that. And then to my surprise, the flight attendant talks in African, Ethiopian, because that's where we were. She then gets onto the loudspeaker and says something in African and I put the headphones back in. I've heard this all before, whether it's in African or French or Dutch or German or, or Bolivian, I have no idea, but I've heard it all before about what we're going to do, how we're going to take off, seat in the upright position, tray table back, put your lap belt on. I'm going to show you how to put a seat belt on that sort of stuff. But she said something very important, which was we're about to spray the cabin. And if you're allergic to bug spray, please cover your mouth and nose well. Well, I didn't hear that shit. The next thing I know, I look up and there's a flight attendant in Ethiopia walking down the fucking aisle with bug spray in her hand. Not just bug spray, but like a bomb of bug spray that you like peel the tab off of. And then typically you would leave in the middle of a room and then you take off. You run like you run like the wind to get out of there. That's exactly what happened, except we were on a plane, people. There was nowhere to run. She's got a mask on. She's got gloves on and she's spraying bug spray. I'm hoping that it doesn't kill me. Maybe that's why I'm sick. And I asked her, I said, what is that that you're spraying? And she said, oh, are you allergic? And I said, I don't know. What is it? She said, cover your mouth and nose then. So what they were apparently doing is spraying bug spray to kill for flies and mosquitoes and all that shit because they were worried about malaria. Well, I wasn't aware of this. So I ingested all that shit. But the food was pretty fucking good. I'll have to tell you that because we flew from Ethiopia into Frankfurt and the food was pretty damn good. I, I do have to say that. Maybe it was because my taste buds were killed because of all the bug spray. I have absolutely no idea, but I'll tell you what. It was, it was oddly enough, a pretty good flight. I'm going to get into all of that stuff uh, at a later date. We're going to talk about that. Uh, right now, we're going to talk to uh, a, a really awesome individual um, who I hope you guys enjoy. Chris is a character in himself. We, in the, uh, in, in the closer inner circle of the Brasili slash uh, Rusty Nail world, affectionately call him Big Daddy. So, ladies and gentlemen, do me a big, huge, massive favor. Turn your radios up. Get the headphones in. Put the kids in front of a TV with an iPad so that we don't have to interact with them. No need for parenting here. Just hide them. Because I got a feeling that Big Daddy is going to have some shit to say. So, ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor. Welcome to the show. Chris Basili, a.k.a. Big Daddy. Hello, the pizza. How can I help you? Oh, fuck. It's the Italian dude. <laughs> hey! <laughs> what's, what's up, what's up <laughs> Big Daddy? <laughs> oh, man. What's going on, Chef Duff? Another day in paradise, man. How's everything in your world? Every day's an adventure. I like to hear. 
So, uh, hey, so I, I've already introduced you, man. Everybody's super excited to hear about you. So why don't you do me a favor and tell us who, who the fuck you are? Yeah, yeah. It's a long history. You know, us Italians go back way, way back. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little Italian who was a great sportsman. Loved all sports, had hair, had a body. In fact, stuff, let me tell you a quick little story. <laughs> Go I'll show for you it. how my life has gone, has gone downhill okay. by the food that I had consumed and the drink that I uh, enjoyed over the years. You know, I'm a little up in age. In high school and college, I was an athlete, had the 12-pack belly, girls all over me. So I'm down the shore last weekend, walking North Wildwood Beaches. It's beautiful. Two couples having a catch with a wiffle ball. The two girls in yellow bikinis are sitting on the beach. <laughs> and the guy goes to me, hey. And he waves the ball, and he wants to throw it to me. I'm like, I'm an athlete. I say, gun it as hard as you can. So he guns it. I catch it. The girls are like, wow, that was a nice catch. Oh, my good, good. I throw it back. I hit the girl right in the head. Nice. Right in the head, Duff. Nice. <laughs> so I was from the top of the heap back down to where I am. But I started out, <laughs> went to college, ended up getting in construction, buying and building, have some rental properties, have some vacation properties, built my way up to the gigantic Rusty Nail nightclub. Nail. Around since 1948. You know it well, my friend. You bartended there, and we have some stories that we probably can't tell on this they were uh, little podcast here. <laughs> you know what? Dude, everybody knows a, a, a large amount of what happens out there in this world. I, I kind of don't hide too much, but but those were like the beginning days of weirdness. Like, I was married. I was yep. a chef. I wasn't working during, like, I, was, I wasn't working on Sundays, so I'd come down and do Soprano Sundays. That's exactly right. Used to play poker down there. Yeah. I was talking about the fryer. Remember I gave you guys a fryer? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I expect <laughs> a quarter of a percent of every bit of food that you sell. Now, if that were to happen today, it would be 2%. Just so you know. Yeah. That's my new deal. But And that check we did send to you. Did you ever get it? I think it went to my old address. Oh, yeah, it probably did. Actually, Dude, they were the good times, you know, fucking best. when you could get pulled over by the cop and they took your beer and say, get the hell home and don't be a dumbass. I was talking about now this. you That's, can't do that. I was talking about that exact scenario a couple of days ago. I was I was out to the bar. I was in San Antonio, Texas, and we were talking about the differences and actually how hard kids have it now. With, mm -hmm. with social media, with all the bullshit, we were hanging out with this girl who was 21, who had just turned 21, and we were talking about the hardships that these kids have now, despite the fact that they have it easier than they ever have, okay? But, but they have social media contend to contend with, they have those pressures, they have parental pressures that are coming in on them super hard, and then on top of it, you've got the legal pressures of things because exactly, we would get pulled over and the cop would look at you and be like, you're a dumb fuck. Yep. Go yep. the fuck home. And I'm going to drive by your house in an hour. And if your car's not there, then I'm giving you a DUI. <laughs> That's exactly right. And you'd say, and you know, you. You, you, yeah, you know, you, you got two, two girls. I got two girls. Yeah. So we're super worried. We try to lead them the right way, whether they're going to do it or not. No from wrong. I'll have no idea, but they definitely have it tougher law wise. But you know, life wise, you know, no. Chris, 
I, I think you do know because I think you're in a similar you have a similar parental style that I do, which is one, communicate with your kids. Big time. Two, two, we have to, as I, as I, I, I sat, my daughter came home from wild or from the beach this weekend and she called me last week and she said, dad, is it okay if I go to the beach? And I said, yes, as long as all your shit's done. I want your homework all done. I want to make sure that you're up to date with everything you have to do with recruiting stuff. I want to know that everything's done. I want CCs on emails. And because I wasn't home, I was in, I was in, in, in Texas. So, and I said, okay, well, where are you staying? And she said, well, I, I kind of went back and forth on whether or not I was going to lie to you. And I thought, okay. And she said, I'm sleeping in the car. Mm. I said, okay, fuck it. Go for it. I slept in a car how many times at the beach? And now I'm going to tell my daughter that she can't do it. Yep. She came home last night and we had an hour long conversation that was the culmination of every single thing that I've ever tried to get my daughter to do, which is to be responsible, to be aware of her surrounding and just fucking talk to me. Chris, it was an awesome conversation last night. That's cool. You know, we try to pass this experience on to our kids. Now my, my girls are older than yours uh, I got one that's 20 years old. She's in college. And I, it's getting to that point that we don't know anything now, Duff. We oh. don't know about life and we don't know about relationships and money and religion and school and studying and all that stuff. I know she'll come around, but I'm at that point too. We're not, I don't think we're the type of guys that say, all right, sit on the first step and think about, let's take a time out. We're going to guys are going to sit our kids down and say, look, this is how it is. This is how I want it. I want communication. Yeah. And we've been through this. Don't tell me. I tell my kids, don't ever say, Daddy. You don't I, know. You don't know. <laughs> don't ever tell me. I got a story for that, too, if you want to hear it. Don't I ever hear tell me, I don't know. Oh, I got a good little story. I'm in Wildwood. We got a place in Wildwood. I was down there just this past week, like I said. Hey, hold on. Real quick, there, real quick in Wildwood. You know that I just opened a property down there. I did not know that. Yeah, it's called the Mud Hen Brewery. So as soon as you go over the bridge into Wildwood, Kona Surf Shop is on the far left-hand corner. Before you hit the Kona Surf Shop on left is the Mud Hen Brewery right there on the left-hand side. So go in and grab some grub, dude, and tell him I sent you. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, uh, I go by there every time. Mudhead, man. I'm into it. Yeah. So go ahead. So, so you got a property in Wildwood. Yeah. So yeah, we're on 11th street in North Wildwood and, uh, we walk up to the boardwalk and this is years ago when they were a little younger, you know, maybe eight, nine, 10. I think at the time she was probably about 12 or 13. And the motto of this house is don't ever tell me what to do or don't tell me I don't know because you know, and I know we did it all. We slept in cars, yep. we partied, we tried things. And now we're going to pass it on to you guys from our experience. We're trying to help you out. Right. So don't ever tell me that. So I'm walking along the beach or walking along the barb walk and while when it's packed, there's a guy in front of me and a daughter, the father puts out his hand, the Daughter, young daughter, maybe in her teens, 13, 14, instantly grabs the father's hand. A little tear comes down my eye, and I'm like, look at that. I look at my daughter, I hand out my, put out my hand, and she pushes it away. Yep. I say, come on, you, you see the guy right in front of me, they're doing it too. I'm like, you know, can't you just hold my hand for a little bit? She's like, daddy, you don't know about, and she stopped. And when I say duff, her face turned white. Cause she said the immortal wrong words of you don't know. Yep. 
I drop down to a knee, and I'm telling you, the boardwalk is packed, and I yell out, there it is, Lord. There it is, Lord. I don't know anything about anything. She takes off towards um, the arcade machines. I run in there. I'm chasing her around like a nut job. Sure, chasing yeah. around. I come back outside. I got more parents coming up to me, hugging me, slapping me on the back, shaking my hand, talking to me, saying, oh, my God, my kid's the same way, blah, blah. I'm like, look, yeah. we're all parents. We go through this. The kids think they know everything up until about, I don't know, 15. Then, then maybe they'll start coming around by 23, 24. So <laughs> we all have these stories every single day. Of course. I mean, I feel that I've, I feel that, that, that I have been very progressive, a little too progressive in some cases with my girls, because I, you know, my parents don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink. Well, I drank. And, and what do you do? Exactly and I hit right. it. I lied about it. And I did all the other shit. My daughter comes home and tells me that she wins at fucking beer pong. Okay. <laughs> You know, I mean, and, and I, she, you know, this is a girl who tells me about, you know, when she, she got out of a party and how she, uh, she, because the party got busted, you know, because my world is really simple. You're, you're going to drink, you're going to try it. It's a rite of passage. You're supposed to get shit faced and you're supposed to throw up on yourself and you're supposed mm. to, you're supposed to, your friend is supposed to pull your hair back because it's a rite of passage. You're supposed to sleep in a car at the beach because it's a rite of passage and and when it comes to drugs, I said, look, you're going to try weed. There's nothing that I can do, but you're going to try it. My only request is that you never put a needle in your arm. You never put a pill in your mouth and you never put yeah. anything up your nose. Be aware yeah. of your surroundings for whatever it is that you're going to. And I'm in, in no way am I telling my daughter to drink. But as I said to her on Thursday night before she left for the beat, you're a kid. You're in high school. You're supposed to do stupid shit. Just mm -hmm. don't get arrested. You know, That's be funny. aware of your surroundings. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned about beer pong. Uh, my my oldest stopped down. She wanted to sh uh, flip out cars. She went to the shore yesterday for the day, and she wanted to flip out cars, and I had her car at the nail. So she came down to Rusty Nail, and we had a great time. We had we had a big weekend for Memorial Day weekend. We had a great benefit show on Saturday night. Over 120 people showed up for a wonderful benefit of um, a, a young kid named Rob Gladden, who's in a band in the uh, – He's fallen to cancer, so we raised some nice money for him. And then last night, we had a wonderful hip-hop show. Let's say on a Sunday night, we had maybe 60 people, which is a good night for our tiny little dive bar. So anyway, our kid comes down, flips out the cars, and she sits and talks to me. And as I'm running the show, I said, well, how was everything? Did you party? Did you have fun? Everybody good? She's like, well, something happened to me, never happened to me before. I'm like, what's that? She's like, we we're playing flip cups. And I assume that's some kind of drinking game. Like ours was, Wait, you don't know what yeah. flip cup is? I heard of it. Don't you you put own a fucking a dive bar and you don't know what, oh God, this interview's you over. You put a cup on the end of a table and you Jerry, flip it. Is that a game? Jerry, get us a new guest. Get us a new <laughs> guest. Flip cup? That's a game, really. Assholes. So, she said she drank the beer and it came out her nose. I said, I go, what? Did you laugh or you drank it too fast? She's like, I don't know what the hell I did. And then the first thing I said was, wait, I thought you don't like drinking beer. She's like, I don't. And that was just because we were playing flip cup. And, you know, that's the reason why we played it. So it's funny that you mentioned about beer pong because my kid was doing the same thing, not 24 hours before it. And Emily, so, But you teach them right from wrong. That's been my motto, Duff, for my two daughters every day. I walk down the street and watch the kids go to the bus stop. And I would say, no right. And they would yell back, from wrong. And I would say, don't just say it. 
And they would yell back, do it. And as they walk up, I would be a mental patient and yell out <laughs> certain things like, like listening to your grandparents, like doing your homework. I mean, two and a half blocks away, I'm still yelling out stuff like listening to your father, you know, that sort of stuff. But it, it was the point that just know right from wrong. Like you said, you're going to go through these high school, college things. You're going to tamper. You're going to try. You're going to experience drugs, pot, beer, alcohol. No right from wrong. Well, and, and That's then, all you got to do with these kids, I hope. And at this time, it's also, it's not just, you know, that they have to be aware f that they have to know right from wrong for themselves. They've got to be aware of all these other dirty fuckers that are out there that oh. just want to see people in pain or in trouble. You know, I, my daughter's going to Firefly uh, this weekend, in fact, while you and I are talking. She's going to Firefly this weekend, and mm. which is a, a festival down in Delaware and worked her ass off all year. And she's, she's you know, excelling at crew and school. And, and I bought her a waist belt that holds two water bottles on it. And I'm like, yep. they both have lids. And if you're going to drink, put them in here. Don't drink, take, take drinks from other people. Don't stand around with an open container in front of you. Just be fucking smart. That's all I ask is that you're smart because there's some dirt balls out there, man. You know, they would want to see us, a 17 year old girl laying flat on the ground because they just threw a roofie. Yeah, so. dude, I got, yeah, I got problems with the penis. I really have a major problem. Any kind of boyfriends that come here. You know, I own guns. I'm sure you might have a gun or two. And I, I played some pretty nasty tricks and stunts on these kids that come up and knock on my door for my daughters. And uh, I got a major problem. Like, like I, I always say to my wife, I'll be like Wheels. My, my wife's nickname, as you know, is Wheels. I'm like, Wheels. What are all men are what? And she always says scum. And I'm like, you're right. Cause yeah. guys just take advantage of girls. We've been doing it for years. Kingdoms have been brought down. Absolutely. For centuries. Wars have been fought over these right. damn women. So yeah, teach them right from wrong, man. That's what it comes down to. I think, but you and I have done something that I, and, and I have another friend of mine who, who actually listens to this as well. His name's Jeff and he's, he's one of my best friends, but that we have done things a little differently because Chris, we've, we've set the bar pretty high for the male figures in our girls' lives. Mm. You know, I mean, you're a great dad and it's one of the things that I've always, like I, I've, I've adored you for years. I, I think you're a, a wonderful human being and you have a great family and you have a great dynamic and I love the relationship between you and Wheels. And although I've only met your girls a couple of times, I've always heard you talk about your girls and I've always been very respectful of the way, I've always been, what's the word that I'm looking for? I've always been very envious of the way that you talk about your girls. Because one, you, you talk about your girls as if they're human beings. They're not kids. And you've always yeah. done that. And I don't know if you know that or not, but you've always spoken very oh, highly about your kids. Well, you know about my daily blog. I talk about my life every single day. And this yeah. is weekends, holidays, not one day goes by. It's real easy to remember my website, The Nail One. Real simple. The Nail, like a hammer and nail, and the number one. Just cl clicked on history the history of my life. And I talk about anything, money, sex, health, relationships, sports, Trump, you know, whatever, whatever's in news. But I do talk about my kids a lot. Yeah. I don't use their real names. My kids are named youngest and oldest or eldest. And that's exactly right. I tell all my brothers, you know, I got five brothers and I always tell them, Quiet. enjoy every second. Cause these kids are going, how many, you're probably saying it now too. I know I am, but 
look how fast they grow up. Yeah, and scary. that's what I tell my brothers. Who my two brothers of mine just had kids, beautiful daughters. And I'm like, dude, enjoy every second. I want you to change diapers. I want you to tell mom that you know, go out and get her hair done, whatever. And that's how I always been, man. Because I, I gotta admit, my dad was old school. He wasn't the one that came up and said, "Hey, son, I love you. Come here, let's sit and talk." No, he was the yeah. provider. Back then, me, I'm completely opposite. I want to be a part of their lives. I don't want to be the cool friend. I want to be the dad, but you well, know, you, you know be. the deal. There's got, there's a fine line between friend and dad. Well, and I, I, I do it. I say it all the time that, that me getting divorced was one of the greatest things that ever happened to my relationship with my children because mm-hmm. I was a worker, you know I mean? I worked six days a week. I was a chef. I busted my ass. I was constantly in a restaurant. I didn't have a tremendous amount of time that I spent with the girls. It's not like today where, you know, you take time off and I took two days off. You know, I mean, I, I, I took two days off to when my girls were born. I didn't have that, that bonding. I didn't have any of that time with them that I really wanted. And so I, I have made up for a tremendous, for all of that. Like I take my girls on vacations, just the three of us. And, and even if it's stupid shit, like going to Disney, like we're all together. And I told the girls this year, we, I'm, I'm getting a camper. I'm buying a camper, Chris, like a polo lung fucking pop-up 1970s Love camper. It. Totally Jesus, doing it. I was just looking at one yesterday. I'm, I was that. on Craigslist. I found one for 500 bucks. Love, Love so, Craigslist. Oh, it's the best. So we're driving to the Outer Banks like we do every single year. And, and we're going to take a camper with us. And we're going to stop along the way. And it's just the three of us. Now, Emily and Fiona are going to fight because they're not going to have enough Wi-Fi. And they're going to get pissed off at each other. But I'm going to be course. happy because they're just around me. And to me, that's yeah. the shit that I like. So... And you're right, man. That's the big picture. Spending time with the kids, getting to know them and seeing them grow up. That was my main thing, you know, because dad, my dad was kind of like an eight to five guy. When he got home, dinner better been ready. Then he read his newspaper. Then he watched the news. And then, you know, then basically he went to bed and the all day started. Mom was helping you with homework, making your lunches, you know, a shoulder to cry on that, you know, that sort of stuff. So I want to be 50-50 with my wife. You know, Wheels, I've been with Wheels 31 years, and there's a thousand stories with her, uh, how we met and all that stuff. But we agreed that, you know, both of us got to be 50-50 here. If not, I feel I got to be 60-40 and helping out. But, yeah, man, it, it, how it's changed over the years, hasn't it, brother? Well, it's, you know, it's and again, I feel bad for the kids because – You know, for us, we would get dressed in the morning and we would go to school and somebody would make fun of your shoes, but you wouldn't hear about it until later in the day or something to that effect. But now it's instantaneous, you know, and it's called bullying now, which, which which is why we have fucking kids that are pussies. Yeah. Because you can't say, you know, bullying, bullying is the pecking order. And I'm not telling you, I'm not saying bullying is, is, is is a good thing in any way. But there's something to be said about the captain of the football team making fun of the science nerd. It's just the way that it happens. We yeah. don't have to all be at the top of the pecking order. And and it's and and I'll go even further with this and 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 if anybody wants to come after me feel free to it. But we are watching the 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 the, the, the removal of the masculine male. Mm-hmm. Because our jobs and what we have been told to do our entire lives is to protect our family. We are the hunter gatherer. We are the provider for all of that. And I'm not trying to say that women don't do any of that. Cause trust me, it, it, what, 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 what the women in my life have done is amazing, but, but we can't, we can't, you can't hit on a woman. 
because it's illegal. You can't ask somebody out more than twice in an office building because now it's sexual harassment. Mm. You know, we listen to songs like that, like, like Nicki Minaj and all that. No, 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 no. Like, hey, do you want to go out with me? No. Hey, come on. You're yeah. an attractive woman. No, I already said no. Now I'm going to call the police. It's like, mm. and in no way am I going to try to take away from Harvey Weinstein and all the bullshit and, and, and all the, you know, the jackasses and, and that sort of stuff. But, but it's like, we're, we're losing our role. Like, do I really want to approach a woman? Yeah, I, dude, I don't know if I would go boy? that far. We got men know the line and they know when they cross it, when it's either harassment or, you know, you're not interrogating a girl. You're not taking advantage of it. You got to know that line. You know, you start out as friends, you start as associates, whatever. If you want to date a girl, you know what is right and wrong when you ask a girl out. And that's what that, how I always been. I try to win them over with sense of humor. You know, last night I was uh, on my blog today. I messed around with at least three or four girls last night, just talking to them. They had boyfriends and wives and lives. And one girl was from Germany. Another girl was from Norristown. I'm just like, I could pick these girls up if I wanted to. And then I, of course I look at myself in the mirror and I'm 50 right. years older than them. And I'm about 150 pounds more than them. <laughs> but you, you know, you know, the, the Harvey Weinstein's, they know that they was crossed the line. Bill Cosby, oh, totally. they know they crossed the line, Absolutely. man. Come on, treat the person with respect. If they like you, they're going to go out. If they don't like you, then move on. Don't have your heart broken. Move the hell on. That, that's how I always looked at it. I agree. I agree. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about the nail. So how did that? How did that? And and so so everybody knows Chris. Chris owns a, a bar in Haverford, Pennsylvania, which is called the Rusty Nail. And Chris, I mean, tell us tell us about the nail. If somebody said to you, "What kind of a bar do you own?" What would your response be? Yeah, my the first thing I would say it's too long of a definition. Once again, if you go to my website, and this is how passionate I am about it, because I'm going to tell you a quick little story. Once again, the website's real easy. The nail, it's the rusty nail in Ardmore, Hereford, but it's technically Ardmore, but it's the nail one, the number one, real easy website, and under the history link, and on, you just <laughs> click on it, and I write about the devastation <laughs> when I made the decision to buy this bar. Now this bar is a staple. It has been around since 1948. You say you're going to the nail or you tell someone I've been to the nail, they know it. It's been around since 1948. So I'll never forget this young college kid who owned the bar before me. I won't say his name, Mitch, rat bastard. <laughs> Daddy bought him the bar. So he had no damn mortgage. So late night, as always at the nail, it's technically in, uh, it's also called the black hole because you say you go in for one beer and you end up staying till the sun rises. Yeah. So I'm there two in the morning and I'm talking to Mitch and I said, and my wife is with me wheels. And I said, look, if you ever want to sell this bar, give me a call. He walks towards it, gets up, walks towards the front door. He's like, no, 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 no. I would never, ever, ever sell the nail. No, no, no. He didn't get to the front door. He turned around, came to me. He's like, you want to meet at Villanova diner tomorrow? Now my head was clouded. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is going to sell the legendary nail to me. I've been going here 10 years myself. Right. This was 21 years ago. So we did all the paperwork ends up. He lied on everything. Attorneys ends up the first two years stuff. We lost, as I say, a house in Havertown lost over 200 grand. Wow. And after the two years, I told Wheels, I go, there's two things we're going to do. And this is all on my website in the first five paragraphs. If you want to know about my life and what's going on down at the nail, 
you can read my blog every day. But Which we will, but we're going to talk about it here first. <laughs> yeah, and, and and by the way, it's all it's all fun. It, it's it's getting rated R, rated X. I do tell a lot of stories. Of, you know, I'm a dad. I'm a guy. I'm a bar owner. I'm a you know a, you know we've grown up, so I tell all these experiences that I have daily and from the past. But anyway. So we lost the house in Havertown, as I put it. So Wheels had three jobs. I had four jobs. And I said, Nancy, we're going to do it. One, Nancy's her real name. I said, Nancy, we're going to do it one way or no way. Kind of like uh, My Way or the Highway from that famous movie. And we decided to clear house. Got rid of all the guys, brought in all girls. Instead of one band, we do five bands a night. Instead of one newspaper, we're in 50 newspapers. Instead of one website, we're now on 35 different internets. We'd have our own website, the nail one plus, you know, Facebook and all that social media. So for four years or three years, wheels and I had seven jobs between us working basically up to 70 to 80 hour weeks to save the nail. I'm like, I don't want this to go down. A good friend of mine's brother that's even on there. He was an entrepreneur, multimillionaire. And the very first day, I'll never forget it. He asked me to take it off my website. And I did, well, I kept the story on there, but I took his name off of it because I don't like using names. And he said the very first day I visited my friend, he's like, "Oh, you bought the you bought a bar? Oh, you you'll you'll lose. It'll go under." Right. And here we are, 21 years later, and he shot me down like that. And I said, "I will not. I'll, I'll fight harder than Rudy that went to Notre Dame and tried to make that damn football team." Yeah. So the nail's been a staple. We're original music. It's a it's a dying breed. But I wanted to keep it alive. Yeah, we do have cover. Yeah, we have all different genres of music down here. But I wanted to keep it alive. I mean, this is my home little local bar. It's close. Everybody knows about it. The bands are the backbone of the nail. 100% backbone of the nail. Yeah, we don't have the best parking. We're not the biggest. Sound system is okay. But that's what we've been fighting for, I mean, 21 years. We're the longest tenured owners it's since 1948, no other owner has gone longer than Wheels and I. And we just celebrated nice. our 20 year anniversary, and we had a bunch of shirts made up. Uh, 20 year anniversary at the Rusty Nail, and we had a big party. And you know, not as big as Wheelstock. You might really have you ever been to Wheelstock? Off I haven't. Okay. I haven't. Boy, there's an, there's another story. Well, that's because I, I, I mean, I work. That's the problem is is that uh, yeah. you know, I mean, I was a chef, so and I am a chef, so so the weekends were. When you're doing wheel stock, the weekends for me are, I was in a restaurant. So it was always hard yeah. to do. Plus I had like little babies, man. When we first really, you know, I had little babies. So. Right. But wheel stock was a quick little story. Cause I get at least one email a month saying you got to do a, a wheel stock reunion and wheel stock is a play on words of Woodstock. My wife's name is wheels. So we called it wheel stock. So the party we had in Radnor kind of got out of hand. So we moved it to our mountain house that I actually built. My wife and I took four and a half years to build, build the damn thing. And I love going up there. In fact, I'm leaving today after this uh, podcast. And we threw this gigantic four-day party, 12 bands. Everything was free for four days, breakfast, lunch, dinner, beer, booze, liquor, you name it. Everything was free, fireworks. You would have 30 to 40 campfires, 30 half kegs. Campfires as far as you can see. And we did that from 1997 to 2006. And boy, was that a good time. To, Why'd and you that stop? was our way of thanking people. Why'd you stop? Um, that's a funny story because I just told that last night. Wheels and I's tradition, every Saturday night, 
The wheel stock started on a Friday, ended on a Monday, but Saturday night after the 12 bands, 10 to 12 bands would play. Walking around the properties, you know, you got 30 or 40 campfires to visit, but this is our thing. Nancy and I just kind of walk around wheels and just thank everybody. And the first campsite we get to, hey guys, want to thank you for coming up to Wheelstock. Appreciate it. Hope you had a good time. Who the hell are you? Second campsite. Yeah, move on, dude. Yeah, we're busy here. I'm like talking to Wheels as we're walking out. I'm like, two out of three campfires don't know who the hell we are. So it got to the point in 2006 that it's now friends of friends of friends of friends are saying, you got to go to this weekend party. It's free, fireworks booze, food, you know, everything you could possibly want. And it's free. And nobody knew the true meaning was it was the rusty nail owners thanking their patrons to, that supported us over the years. So that's when wheels stopped it. And, and I, 2006, but you know, our house would get trashed every year. Yeah. I built that house. Took me four and a half years to build that damn thing. Yeah. And I love it. And we trashed it. And so that's how we decided to stop it from 1997 the 2006. I wasn't sure if you ever made one of them. I knew you nope. knew about them, but I don't know sure. if you ever made them. Well, I mean, you guys always talked about it, and I mean, you guys have always been very open about about everything that you guys do. So I knew. I mean, I always knew about it, and then you know, I'd listen to people talk about it all the time, and you know, because I still, I you know, what's funny is I still see some of the old people kind of hanging around, like uh, uh, Spider. Yeah, yeah, he still I, works for me. Does he really? I see him at uh, at Trader Joe's all the time, man. Yeah, yeah. He also works at Trader Joe's and his right. and his sister, Jen. And, and that's one thing. Another thing I liked off, you know, bars, you always hear about the turnover. Oh, you got people working for you, you know, two days, two months, two years. You know, a lot of my people have been here like 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Yeah. And then I hire some new girls, like my, my daughter who's home from the college. I hired a bunch of her college friends, and I have a blast with these young kids. It kind of refreshes my blood a little bit. But that's the one thing I like about the nail. You come in. Five years later, 10 years, one year, you're going to see a lot of the regulars that worked there before. Sanchez, one of my favorite bartenders. I know you know oh, her. I love her. Yeah, she was a great show. Oh, she is the best, man. She's yeah. just so much fun. She is. So, yeah. That's so, what is, going on, man. so what is it that, what do you attribute the years of success too. And, and, and success is, is, is measured in, in multiple different levels. You know, I mean, I, I know guys who have 25 restaurants and they consider themselves a success. You have a restaurant, you have a bar, let me rephrase it. You have a bar that's been around for 20 plus years. What are you attributing the success to that too? Yeah, I'm not going to say it's monetarily, <laughs> you know, we're a tiny bar. We don't make the big bucks. I wish I did. But really, I remember, and it's actually a buddy of mine, I'll just call him Joe, and uh, there's a very large, large bar nightclub in Ardmore, and his mom and my mom are best friends. Basically, they changed, you know, we changed diapers. <laughs> they changed our diapers, and they were sure. best friends, and the moms always talk. So as we grew up, he bought this gigantic nightclub over in Ardmore, and I bought the nail, and he was one of the first people I called. And I said, Joe, come on over here. I need to talk to you. And he also had a neighbor who owned Rossi's Bar in Norristown. And I had him come down the next day, and I talked to these two owners that own nightclubs. And they said, Chris, you got to be honest with your customers, and you got to be on site. And that was the two things that I kept for all these years, that, look, I'm going to be a hands-on guy. Now, yeah, I got about 10 or 15 girls that work for me and guys. And now it kind of, you know, after 21 years, it kind of runs itself. And I can almost say I'm like, I'm semi-retired. But those first five years, 
those first 10 years, yeah, you got to be on site. You got to be honest. You got to get the bands in there. You got to communication is number one. And that's on my blog. I'll never forget this, Chef Duff. A band came, called me, and I answered the na- the phone, and he just said, yeah, how you doing? We're in a band. We played like, I don't know, five, six, seven months ago. We brought a great crowd, and we're wondering if you could uh, you know, book us again. I said, wait a second. You guys played here six, seven months ago, and nobody called you? And that was one of the weeks that Wheels and I decided we were getting rid of everybody. Because everybody has their hand in the till in this cash little business. And I told the bands, and on my blog, I call all my bands every Monday. Before the show, I tell them, you know, loading procedures, what you need to bring. And then every Monday after the show, I call everybody or contact them and say, hey, guys, thanks for playing. I appreciate it. Uh, If you'd like the book again, please give me a call. I give out my home phone number. I don't know too many nightclub owners that give out their home phone number. But that's communication, absolutely, Duff, is probably the key to having some kind of success in this business. As as you know, you see bars and restaurants closing almost every week. Yeah. I mean, how are you guys, you know, even even Joe revamped his business. Even Joe renovated. Even Joe rehabbed. He changed the face of what he was doing, kept the same similar concept. Uh, but but kind of moved it around. I mean, you guys have ha- really haven't made adjustments to the concept of what you guys do at all. You know, yeah. and I always talk to people about the concept. Well, what is the concept of your bar? So so if for you to give, I mean, for the people who who uh, who haven't been to your website, what is the concept? What do you what is your concept of your bar? You know, we're just a, a basically a little dive club that has live music and it could be blues, the jazz, the funk to whatever, but we're that neighborhood little bar that if you want to go, in fact, sometimes you don't even get cell phone signal in our place. If you want to hide from the wife or hide from the husband, this is a nice little place to go have cheap beer. We're on the cheapest prices around. We've been around forever. Or if you want to meet people and listen to music, I mean, that's been our staple. You want to have food, yeah, we're little picky foods. As you know, you, you work, you bartended for us. It's, you know, dollar pizzas the one night and then, you know, we'll have mozzarella sticks and wings or fingers and that sort of stuff. It's just a little bar. The backbone is definitely the bands and the music. No doubt about it. We have a, a live radio show. I'm in my 12th season called Live at the Nail Radio Show. That's downloadable. You can listen to it live. We're on about 25 different radio stations right now. So we have adapted a little bit to the curve. But I try not to veer too often. I We're not a gigantic nightclub where we have to have masses of people every single night. We can have two, three nights where only 10 people come in. And then we can have two, three nights where 50 to 100 people come in. And we're that tiny to stay a little bit ahead of the curve. You know, you got to keep it a little fresh. You got to keep sports on the TVs and you got to keep the bands moving and you got to, you know, be nice. I always tell my bartenders, kill them with kindness. You're kind of like a, a psychologist. You know, people, when they're happy, they go drink. People, when they're sad, they go drink. You lose a job, yeah, you might want to stop at your local watering hole. You get a new job, same thing. So, yeah, I don't veer too much off that curve to stay super current. Now, we're keeping our head above water. We're treading water, but I don't have to be like Joe and and the gigantic nightclubs and be and pack in a 1,000 people. We just can't. We're just too tiny for that. And I like it like that, Duff. I like that it's just family, it's friends. You want to walk in, you're going to see six, seven friends. 
every time you walk in, you're going to see five to 10 guys you haven't seen in either a month, a week, a year, or 10 years. And they're repeat customers. They're regulars. You, you know, you heard that name or that definition regulars, and you want regulars in this business big time. You want people coming out two, three times a week to your club. There's a reason why they feel comfortable. And that's the thing you want right. to feel comfortable wherever you go. And if the food's good and the drinks are cheap, and that, that's a plus, you know? Yeah, it's the truth, man. I mean, I, I you know, I yeah. mean, the, the history of the nail is something that I've always loved, and and one of the things that that I always talk to to my clients about because within the business that I am, where I open bars and restaurants, and I, I assist my clients in, in the operations of their business and whatnot, you know, I always talk about it all the time. It's about you know your staff is is really paramount to the success, you know, and for you to have a, a, a who to have a lack of a rotating door, especially in this industry, especially in this day and age. You know, I mean, this I'm day and age, on. people quit. They just get up and walk yeah. away. They don't even give a shit yeah. anymore. There is no job ethic. There is no or no work ethic. You know, it's no longer about the fact that they're happy to have a job. You know, it, it, it's about the fact that, well, what are you going to do for me? You know, I mean, I, I, it's, it's the, the world out there right now is a bad is a bad place. I hate to say it like that. And no, I'm, not, I'm, right, man. I'm a super positive person. But the workforce that's coming out is just scary. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's at the days where we used to know every neighbor. Now you're looking through your mini blinds and you're ready to call 911. That's what neighbors do nowadays exactly. instead of getting out and getting to know them a little bit. And that's another thing. I think because of my, I write about my life every single day and people know who I am before they even arrive to the nail. I mean, I get people, I, you know, we only get about 1500 people that read my, my blog every day, but they get to know me. I mean, put it this way. Um, my neighbor, uh, this girl works at a place right next door to us. And it was like kids day where you visit your mom or dad at work. So the kid lives right up the street and he, yeah, nice little kid, 12 years old. He rode his bike down. He walked in, said hello to mom, hung out with mom for about an hour, comes outside. His bike is stolen. Oh, you touched on And that. I couldn't believe it. So the police officers, a nice sergeant contacted me and say, Big Daddy, by any chance, do you have video surveillance outside? I said, yes, I do. So I went on my surveillance, and I found that guy. I posted it on Facebook, gave it to police. Over 2,500 people video, uh, watched it over a 48-hour period. And don't you know, three Rusty Nail people recognized the guy. We got him busted. One of my Rusty Nail people, and I'm going to say her name's Adele, uh, Adele Broderick, who stepped up. And said, you know what? I'm going to give this kid a brand new bike. I drove over to her house in Havertown, got the bike, met her mom. She's a longtime friend of wheels. I brought the back bike back to the nail. We had a little picture thing. I put something up on the marquee. Action News, Vernon uh, did a little story on it. I'm like, you know what? But I, I, I got a composite. He did a story on it, but it never aired. And he said right. he'd get back to me <laughs> right. a couple of weeks ago. I got to put that little thing in there. And it was heartwarming that so many people responded on Facebook, like, look, you did the right thing. I said, you know what? We got to stop 911 and, and being so petty with people over, especially social inter, uh, media. God forbid you give an opinion on something. People ridicule you, ridicule you. So, yeah, I believe in the neighborly thing, you know, man, just, again, as we started in the beginning, no right from wrong, just be nice. You know, kill them with kindness. If you don't like them, you don't have to have your two cents of pity and put it in there. Just, just be nice. And that that's what it comes down to, to me, that is. And so, 
You're right, right about the, the neighborly thing. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's a, it's a different world. And, and I've, I've been involved in, in cities actually that have brought me in to talk to, you know, like a city council has brought me in to kind of communicate with the, uh, the bar and nightclub owners within that town to try to pull people together because yeah, everybody's yeah. trying to undercut each other and everybody's trying to, to dig into each other. And there was a, a whole bunch of smack talking that was going on between the two places. And they were seeing a decline in their business because there was such an aggressive nature between the, the bar and nightclub owners. And we, you know, I mean, and, and we all just pulled it back together. So we started to do a couple of bar crawls. We started to do a couple of real cool, like community events where everybody was getting together and, and it, and it changed the dynamic of, of their little town. Um, it was kind of a cool thing to actually watch, but, uh, but there, there's, you know, a, a, the sense of community, you're absolutely right. It's, it's almost, it's almost gone. You know I mean? About doing yeah, the right thing. Yeah. Think of, I mean, you know, look, you're a little bit older than I am, but I, I remember I, I will talk about it all the time. The time I stole my father's car when my parents went out to dinner. Oh, and I, I drove, got stories too, my friend. <laughs> and I drove out of the driveway and went to my girlfriend's house. And then oddly enough, about a half hour later, uh, there was my father at the door of my girlfriend's house who pulled me out of the house, threw oh. me into the car and then drove me back home because my neighbor wow. knew that my parents were out to dinner, saw ah. the car going up the fucking street and then basically followed the car to where I was going. And then that was the whole dynamic of it. I mean, there's, you know, that was community now. Oh, yeah. Look at what yeah. Johnny's doing. Look at what Johnny's doing. What do you think? Yeah. Should we? Oh no, I don't want to get involved. We don't want to get involved. Let's not get involved. And, I've had parents call me and tell me that I'm aggressive with kids because I talk about drugs and alcohol in the car because you know what? It's a massive epidemic right now. Kids are out there oh, drinking God. shit. They're pouring vodka in their eyeballs. They're putting syringes of it in their toes. And you know, it's like stupid shit. We got fucked up. We drank shitty beer and crappy booze that we stole from our parents and we got shit faced, but yeah. we didn't take it any further than that. You know? And it's, it's a scary world. And, and for us to get involved, for us to get involved and I get involved in these kids' lives, you know, to me, it's something that we has to be done. I agree. We have to nowadays, you know, just social media could drive these kids to really doing bad things. And as parents or uncles or brothers, sister, we, you have to be there to either have a shoulder or a hand or, or an advice to say, Hey, look, you know, it's not as bad as you think. Do it this way. Don't do it that way. Because the people can be really cruel, especially with the social media, because they can hide behind that computer. Not like our days, Duff, where you, you say something face-to-face -face and you have a problem, you took it outside. Nowadays, they can hide behind these damn computers. They I can know. text you shit, you know? I know. So that's I what remember. I don't like. After the election, I was standing in line uh, for the presidential election. And I was standing in line, and, and I'm on the main line. And I'm listening to these parents, these two adults in front of me talk about what a disgrace it is that, th that Trump was involved and all this other shit. And, then, and, I, and I had said, I voted for Trump. Y'all can do whatever you want with me. I voted for him. I wanted to see a change. That's that simple. Fuck it all. I don't care. And the guy turns around to me and he looks at me and he goes, what are you, a fucking asshole? Oh, and I looked at him and I said, you do realize that I'm standing in front of you. This isn't a computer. You didn't type mm -hmm. that. You spoke yep. it to my face. Uh, you just called me a fucking asshole because I have an opinion. And I looked mm -hmm. at him and I said, you're the one with the fucking problem, dude. 
you're the one with the fucking problem. So I bought my score bar and I left and that was how. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, as I know, I get all these brothers, all my brothers voted for Trump. I was the only one that didn't. My, my accountant, I know a lot of people that did. My parents didn't, but again, it's your opinion. Now, what do you think the guy's a nut job or not? That's your opinion. Let's see where we are four years from now. I am not a fan of Trump. I, just watching him talk kind of makes me cringe. I wish he had a, oh, no, a better you. fluid language, but let's see what happens. You right. know, that's all I could say. You know, a but, lot of presidents have been in and out and he's something different. And that's what I, he's not political. Yeah, he right. texts a lot and tweets. It's, it's, I've oh, never seen him. anything. It's like you can write a movie on this. It stuff. is. I, and I tweet him all the time. I tweet him all the time. I do. I'll be like, hey, brother, brother, it's time for you to shut the fuck up now. Go back into the office. Go back into the Oval Office. Like, but, yeah. but here's the deal. Where did it become, when did it become wrong to, to vocally vo yeah, to voice your you opinion? Because I remember my parents. That's America, right? It's right, exactly. I remember my parents sitting on the front porch having discussions with other people about presidents or local government or, or, or the way that they raised their kids. And there was no, you're a fucking asshole. We're not hanging out with you anymore. There was a discussion. So, so here's my, my question to you for somebody who grew up in a similar manner that I did with, with a, a larger family, with, with parents that were social outside of just our houses, where, when did it, why, how, where, what the fuck happened? Yeah, man, it did change in a hurry. And I say that from generation to generation. And I talk to my dad and you talk to the older generations that, yeah, we used to sit down on the stoop and, you know, the horse and the buggy used to come up and drop off the ice and the coal and everybody knew each other. And then the next generation, well, you know, we all have yards now. And then the next generation, we're putting fences up. And then the next generation, what I don't like, Duff, is... I know we have to have them, but it's the cell phone. And I think there's actually something called cell phone, cell phone syndrome where you're looking down and it hurts your neck so often, so much where people you see are walking into like manhole covers, <laughs> walking across streets oh, while God. traffic, they're so engaged on cell phones and social media that I was just talking to the owner of the Philadelphia Phillies. I, Got a very good connection down there. I was at the game in, a, in the owner's suite, and I was hanging out. With, I, I saw John Crook and Matt Stairs, and I'm talking to the primary owner, and I just said, you know, what's your take on all these kids these days? And he's like, Chris, look down the seats. We had six kids. All six were on their cell phones. You're sitting in a suite, you know, food, sodas, whatever you want, looking down on a cell phone. He's like, in my day, I rode my bike. I didn't, I left in a, you know, late morning, didn't come back till dinner time. We played games like half ball. He's calling, you know, the old kick the can. And I said, I said, sir, you know, I did the same thing. I played sports. You name the sport. I played it. Nowadays, these kids, they spend, how many times stuff do you see them on computers or on their cell phone? Do you see I'm how that has changed the world? I'm actually not paying attention to you. I'm looking at Instagram. But yep. Uh, <laughs> but but hey, and, I get and that's, that from my this, wife all the time. And this, I mean, I'm joking. <laughs> this conversation makes us sound old. But but here's my question: Where did it? Where did it become? When did it become wrong for us to discuss our beliefs and our opinions? We can't discuss religion. 
because it causes a fight. And, and I agree. I, I think somebody once said, well, it, parents always said it. You know, you never discuss politics and religion. It ruins things. It breaks neighbors. Yeah. But but that's what they grew up on. So where we, we can't really discuss anything. I feel that I have superficial conversations with most people because I don't really want to tell you what I believe because you're going to disagree yeah. with it. And it's like what I posted on Facebook yesterday. I don't know if you saw it. It's the picture of uh, of Jack Sparrow running away from the, the hordes of people that are ready to kill him. And I posted when I when I when I post my opinion online, you know, <laughs> people exactly fucking right. come after you, man. I think I'm going to post something today like way to go, Trump. Nice weekend and see what happens. Yeah, it gets out Just there so fun. fast. And I think that's what turned it. You know, it, you put your opinion back in our day and it doesn't get out there. Now you, you say it something, God You're forbid, right. it gets out there like lightning. I always say bad news travels like lightning and good news always travels real slow like a turtle. Every single time. What's the old comedian say? He can have an audience of 100 people. If one person is not laughing, that bothers his whole night. And it shouldn't. We, it should be the other way around. Right. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Just just be nice. Christ, is it that hard to have a sense of humor? You know? Yeah, get a little sex once in a while by my wife. There you go, that little ass, some apple, uh, a little the apple ass. That's what I call. Yeah, I well, know. Wheels has an apple ass. <laughs> Good money. You do read the, the blog every once in a while. Well, I mean, if I, I, I say I got some apple, that's exactly what that means. <laughs> I don't need. To I'm read waiting for Wheels to walk in and say hello. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I haven't talked to her in years, man. Years. Yeah, it's been a while. So, well, she's doing. so Chris, I'm going to ask you one more thing. So what, what do you, what is the future? I mean, what are you seeing that you're going to do or, 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 you know, are you going to make any adjustments to, to the operation of the nail, you know, in the next five years, is there something that, you know, that you see that you're going to do differently? I mean, your website, uh, by the way, dude, your website cracks me the fuck up. Thanks dude. It oh cracks my God. me up. And, and, but here's the reason why it's not because of the content. It's the appearance of it. Oh, it's a horrible right. website. I know that. It's a horrible <laughs> fucking website, but but your website matches the nail. And I'm not in That's any way exactly saying the nail right. is a horrible bar because the nail is not a horrible bar. The, the nail is a fucking great bar. But if I can't, uh, that's funny, dude. I can't tell you how many people, and I got cousins and family that oh. read this, the blogs, and, you know, I tell these funny stories, these true stories, and say, good God, Chris, my eyes hurt when I read you. There's 40 different colors on there. I got text. At one point it says, it says, click the yellow links on the left side. I'm like, there's two fucking yellow links. What do I do with the green one? It's so fucking funny, dude. It's awesome. Scroll down to the most recent date. Click yellow links on left index. Contact only. You're so fucking funny, dude. I just love this. Um, Dude, I got great stories. But as a, at the end, at the end is I also want wheels to say Hello. Uh, she just walked in the door. She's starting to take her clothes off. So I only got about 30 seconds. Um, the last five, the next five years, I don't know. Uh, Wheels and I have been doing this 21 years, man. It's a long time. I, I think I might be ready to retire. But until that point comes, I'm just, you know, I'm going to be at the nail. You know, I'm going to be very visible. You know, I'm going to be very communic you know, having great communication. Uh, you'll see me on social media. You'll see me. Hey, and by the way, you'll see me on mo motorcycle. When are we going to get together? And we always talk every time I get, so it's up, let's get together. Where are you going? I'm going to Africa. I'm like, Jesus, it can't be Yaden or upper Darby or Haverton. You're going to Africa. We I'm can't riding get together and ride our bikes. I'm riding. Yeah, I'm literally. I'm headed up to the Poconos. Uh, I wish I could. I, I'm taking my brother-in-law out to lunch. And I want to, I want to get, I want to rent that house one for a couple of days. 
Anytime, man. Anytime. Right. We'll hook yeah, you I'm up. I'm going to get up time. there for a couple of days, take my girls and get up and chill out. So. Oh, you'll love it up there. As, right. as I say, you may, you may see three people the entire stay, and it's the same guy walking around the lake three times. We're the nice. only house out of 1,500 homes on the lake. It's, it's 88 miles. It's close. It's not like you're driving five hours to get up to Western PA. You're there in, 80, in an hour and 15 minutes. So. Right. It's been a blast, yeah. man. Can wheels jump on and say hello to you? It's been a while. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. She'll tell a couple sex stories how good I am in bed and how big I am, and then you can end it. That's right. It won't take, won't take long. <laughs> yeah, it won't take long. That's right. There you go. Chef Duff, what's up? What's up, lady? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm not too shabby. We're 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 no. we're, we're kind of reconnecting on so on uh, on on a podcast. Uh, I see that. <laughs> it's so, been a long time. We haven't seen you for so long. I know. I'm in I'm in Restaurant Depot the other day, and Chris walks over, and he's like, and I, I don't remember what he said to me. He's like, "Are you going to come to the nail?" Or and I was like, "Holy fuck!" Like I haven't seen him in so many in so long. So yeah, he but, said he like knocked your shoulder or something. You're like, yes. "Yo, <laughs> oh, you got a problem?" Yo, yeah. What's your problem? <laughs> so, uh, are you local now? Are you around? Or I am. I'm home. I'm, I fly back out Wednesday. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I was just you had in a crazy uh, schedule. I just did Africa, the Middle East. I did Utah, Chicago, San Antonio, Texas. I leave for Tempe, Arizona wow. on Wednesday. Back Friday, and then I'm back out again. Wow. The nature cool. of the beast. Nature of the beast. So well, that's pretty cool though. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we all got to get together. We got to, I'll, I'll come down and visit you guys one night. We'll have a couple pops. Yeah. Sounds good. I'll meet you down there if I hear you there. All right. That sounds good. Thanks. All Nancy. right. I'll talk right, to you take later. Care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So that is, uh, that's, that's big daddy. That's, that's Chris Priscilli. This guy is, uh, he, he's a riot. He, he always cracks me up with the conversations that we have. And, and obviously we were trying to, I was trying to get a little more information uh, about the bar. You know, I really want to know what makes that place successful. And look, it, it, you can tell it's his personality. You know, he's fully invested and fully involved in that bar on a daily basis. So I can ask him 500 times what the success of that bar is. And I, I he's, it, it's, it's his personality. You know, he is 100% involved. He makes the phone calls. He gets involved. You know, he really takes pride in the fact that people have his phone number. Um, they call him. They want to get on stage. They call him. He says, I can do this, 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 or he calls those bands on a Monday and he really goes through. If you guys want to see the absolute best worst website that I've ever seen, the absolute best website, the best worst website in the history of websites, you have to go to the nail one.com. That's the nail T H E N A I L one. And that's the number one dot com to check this out quite possibly the greatest worst website in the history of all websites uh it's not centered uh it is it there are no graphics uh the 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 links are all green and yellow and it's a fucking riot uh, Chris, I love you, brother. And Nance, I appreciate you hopping on for a quick couple seconds just to say hi. And uh, everybody do me a favor. Um, you can go to the nail onecom and listen to or check out some of Chris Priscilli's stories. But uh, but that's what I got for uh, for this week, everybody. I want to thank you guys so much for, for listening and, and hopping in to listen to this fun little show that we've got going on. Um, 
we have uh, we have some good guests coming up in the next couple of weeks as well um, that I hope you guys are going to check out. Uh, do me a favor, go to Maggie Gagliardi. She does all of our amazing illustrations, and that's at Mags M A G Z A R T. She is the one who does all those great uh, uh, caricatures and everything for us. Then we've got uh, Michelle out there at Techno Solution, who does our websites and updates everything for us. And then we've got the boys, the boys down there, RadioInfluence.com. Check out some of their other podcasts. Check out some of the other really fun things to do. Uh, my buddy told me a couple of weeks ago that it doesn't make sense for us to tell people to go and listen to our podcast after they've already listened to the podcast, which makes total sense. So I'm not going to tell you to listen to the podcast, but what I am going to do is I'm going to ask you to go to the iTunes and I'm going to ask you guys just to rate us. Give us a little bit of a story. Tell us if you like us. Let's get this podcast going a little bit further than we are. We're crushing the numbers right now, and I absolutely love it, and I appreciate all of you for listening, and I want to thank you. I'll talk to you later. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef, B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.